0: We're here to talk about the Happy Jack Funhouse adventure that you all loved and you just cherished going through that funhouse so much. I could tell.
1: It was fun.
2: <laughs> I
1: enjoyed it. I'm not sure how much. Well, Booch,
3: it's hard for Booch to not have a good time, so.
2: <laughs> Booch was fermenting. You know, we're supposed it's to true. know what that means. He was fermenting. Before, before we get
3: too deep into it, though, I, I have an announcement that I, something I realized yesterday. That this after party marks our two hundredth episode of the show overall, including wow. every what sessions, what? after parties. Obviously, not Patreon stuff, but main feed. Two hundred episodes today. Congrats! Wow! Hey everybody! Yay. Huzzah! Huzzah! <laughs>
2: <laughs> we put up with each other for two hundred episodes.
3: <laughs> yeah,
1: that's a big one. Okay. Man, alive.
2: Okay. Hmm. I wish I would have known. I could have prepared a little something. I have to do
1: something nice for myself speech.
2: tonight. Speech! Elena, give us a speech. <clears throat> well, two and a half years ago...
4: Great speech, <laughs> good job. Good. <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, yes. <laughs> nice job, Pamela!
0: Oh, thank you, thank you. <laughs> okay, before we get into the actual Funhouse events, I did want to touch on backstory, background stuff with Jack and with your characters, just so that some of the events that happen, some of Reavers and Jack's tauntings, will make a little more sense to the listeners when they hear this part. So, Jack's background. And I did, this module that I found on uh, DMs Guild, written by Remley Farr and Jeff C. Stevens, was very well written. There's just so much information, and the things that... I needed to make up myself, they let me know I needed to make them up myself. They didn't, like, just not mm. include information. They're like, here, you need to fill in this stuff here. And so it wasn't like, nothing, not everything was written out. There were things I could do and change, and they gave me options for stuff. But there wasn't anything left hanging. So I, I really enjoyed that. I like that.
3: That's good. So how does that compare to the clock tower?
0: The clock tower, there's a lot of conflicting information in that one. There was things that were, like, things that were on the map that had no reference anywhere. Things that were referenced in one place, but never again. And then it just was... it. First time going from a module was confusing. First time going from that module was confusing. I didn't feel it was written as well. And I think a lot of that was also on me for not being more prepared the first time. I could have been a little more prepared and gone into stuff a little bit more and tried to realize like i didn't realize what i didn't know yet so like this time now that i've done it before i had a better idea that i needed to go look
2: for that information did preparing make you feel more comfortable overall because you seemed really like comfortable from the very beginning you said you're nervous but yes i
0: i prepared a lot for this one (laughs) i prepared so much i played it before you guys with another group of people
5: I was going to say, because I remember you telling me that, and I was like, wow, I've never once pre-tested anything I've run. I always just wing it. I'd better make sure that I know what I'm doing coming into
0: this. (laughs) (laughs) If we were just playing at the table, I wouldn't have done that, obviously. But since we were recording, I didn't want a whole bunch of pauses. I didn't want a lot of stumbles. I didn't want, oh, give me a minute. Let me go look that up stuff. I wanted to. That's the stuff
2: he can edit out. I know, but I just, I didn't
0: want to do that. I wanted to have the answers. I wanted to make it a good experience for you guys. There were no pauses
2: and no ums and stumbles, you guys. I wanted to flow well for you guys so that you
0: could be more in it and not be constantly being dragged out by me. Like, okay, wait a second. Let me find that in the book.
3: Yeah, you did a fantastic job. I mean, it was incredibly smooth.
0: I tried. (laughs) I tried really hard. Uh, So Jack's background. And this is, I'm just going to read it exactly how it's written. Count Strahd Vanzarevich of Barovia led a life of such infamy and violence that he forever stained the surname Vanzarevich. The unlucky others throughout the land who bear the name meet with scorn, prejudice, and in some cases, violence. Such was the case for Vilma and Brendan Vanzarevich. Having made a deal with the Vistani porter to leave Barovia, the newlyweds traveled to the Forgotten Realms, where they had their first and only child, a boy born with a crooked nose and poor eyesight. Jack. Jack suffered many hardships while growing up. As one can imagine, he was often bullied because his name and quirky nose. He also lived in poverty, his parents finding it difficult to procure meaningful jobs as Barovian immigrants. Jack eventually learned to use the infamy of his name to make a bit of coin. At first, he performed simple magic tricks in the streets, next to the wooden sign that read, Von Zerovich the Magnificent. Magnificent. I can say that. His tricks weren't very good, and his stumbling and bubbling routine was often more the entertainment than the magic, so the onlookers dropped a few coins for the laughs. Jack invested his earnings, purchasing better equipment, clothing, and hiring an assistant, an old woman named Reaver, a fellow Barovian. Reaver has had much to do with Jack's current success, and she has helped him procure many of the strange beings that inhabit his signature magic attraction, his funhouse. Jack eventually dropped the Von Zarevich from the title of his act, deciding to simply call himself Jack the Magnificent, I'll get that one day. Due to the people's prejudices, this helped attendance, but not, but not by much. As Jack and Reaver traveled the Forgotten Realms, he picked up several talents from fellow bards and performers. He learned the acts of performance makeup, tumbling, dancing, and a few sleight-of-hand tricks. Reaver revealed a knowledge for the dark arts and tempted Jack with her forbidden secrets. That sounds a lot dirtier than it's supposed to be. <laughs> Jack found he had a knack for dark magic and began adding some simple spells to his act by causing ground tremors, flickering flames, furniture to move about, or a window to fly open at just the right time to add even more wonder to his acts. Jack wanted to learn more magic, and Reaver was happy to oblige. The old Barovian, actually a Vistani witch, divulged her spellbinding secrets to Jack, twisting his mind towards a madness that nothing could halt. Jack's act eventually turned into a grand traveling amusement, which he named Happy Jack's Funhouse. Following his success, the man is now hardly ever seen without his performance makeup. In his art, Jack found the way to hide his true self. That once pestered and bullied boy who was robbed of an innocent childhood, the persecuted boy inside is now forever hidden, caked behind a pale bandage of grease paint and color. Uh, Many of the occupants of Jack's funhouse joined Jack willingly at Reaver's behest, as they too wanted to escape ridicule, the shame for what they were. Jack saw them as amazing creatures, wonders of the world. They would have a home and fear no more. And it also says that just before, basically just before the children's disappeared, Jack's mind finally broke. It says, little did the village know that Happy Jack was about to succumb to a horrible plot woven by his mentor, Reaver. The old hag, disguised as a carnival worker, had been twisting Jack's mind for years. Jack broke a day ago. His mind and body believed he needed a child's laughter to make him happy to feel alive. Jack has abducted many of the children in the village, keeping them entertained in the lower level of his funhouse.
2: Mm. It's all Reaver's fault.
0: Exactly. <laughs> Dang.
6: I almost feel bad for Jack. Almost.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's, he's just trying his best. Well, yeah, <laughs> but, you know. You were trying to take his children. Uh-huh. And
2: eat them.
5: That—that That, that is a lot of effort to actually make uh, Jack a... Somewhat sympathetic villain for d and D module. <laughs>
2: like, yeah,
5: that, that, right. that's yeah. that's actually pretty good. I'm pretty impressed. Like most of the time, it's just sort of like whatever.
0: He's just misunderstood. Bill always says exactly. it exactly. Bill's right in this one instance.
3: <laughs> I mean, it's I'll too. It. It's too bad how difficult that kind of backstory is to portray in you know mm-hmm, the confinement like of a one shot. Yeah. Like, how do you right without that exact exposition dump from somebody (laughs) like, right. Exactly. If
0: you had found his bedroom, which you guys bypassed gross, there were more clues in there that wouldn't have given you everything that I just read, but there were more, more clues in there as to more of a sadness to him. Was his
2: bedroom, the employees only thing I wanted to go into.
0: (laughs) No, it was on the second floor, the lower floor. Uh, what you didn't miss by going to the employees only
2: was a whole bunch of closets. But I also wanted to go to the basement because I said that's where the prisoners would be. So, you know. Mm-hmm.
6: Would uh, would knowing that backstory have changed anything that happened? I mean, when we walked, we got to the end and he was going to eat
3: children and stuff. Yeah, might exactly. Go, well, like,
6: yeah, I feel bad for the crazy son of a bitch we got to kill. but
3: <laughs> Even if we had found Reaver. I really <laughs> wish I had...
6: Uh,
5: been recording myself listening to that last episode because when that happened, I, I don't, I, I should have known something was gonna happen like that. You lost I like, full.
2: Oh shit!
3: <laughs> <laughs> My dog looked at me like, "What is going on?" He's eating children.
2: Uh, <laughs> no, but these children were making a living wage, apparently.
3: They were just employees. Oh. I mean. <laughs> that's right.
0: Well, that's what, another thing I was wondering if you guys understood what was going on with that—the children versus the adult versions of the children. Yeah, yeah, not.
3: Really, I, I assume it's something similar that happened to Jacques. Like this somehow the childhood has been separated from them and I guess all that's left is these adult versions or something. I don't know. Is that kinda what it was?
2: I thought there was like a time warp.
6: I I, I think initially I saw when we saw the posters I thought time is different here and they've grown right. up in this fun house. Right. And that's what I originally thought.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, and I tried a couple other times to rip the childhood out of y'all with Jack there in the end. And you all failed your. Or succeeded in your save, so nobody else got their childhood ripped to out. Rip but that is childhood. exactly what happened. He ripped the childhood out of Jacques. He ripped the adulthoods out of the children. So as long as their adult versions were separate, they could never grow up. So technically, mm. those children that you saved will forever be children. Because oh. the adult versions were not oh. saved.
2: Okay, I yeah, not and, and that we together.
3: killed a bunch of them. That doesn't yeah. make any fucking yeah. sense. <laughs> 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 like, quite <laughs> frankly, that makes zero sense. How can you pull the adulthood out of a child? That, that adulthood doesn't exist. That doesn't make a lick Magic. of sense.
6: Well, but yeah, I like and if it. But
3: him I like to it. Stay children. Why didn't he just go
6: ahead and kill the adult versions then? Well, Someone the had the power, the uh, energy on the... Exactly, yeah.
0: yeah. He needed somebody, somebody to ride that peloton. He needed oh,
3: the employees. Like, <laughs> I told you, he needed the yes. employees.
5: <laughs> you were both right and wrong. And
4: all of it, all of it was wrong, really.
5: I, I, I was thinking, if we had had more time, if, if like, this was just a campaign like and not an audio show that you're trying to do in a certain amount of time,
4: mm-hmm. would
5: we have circled back to Reaver? Because I remember when we found her journal, it seemed very much like she was manipulating Jack in some way, shape, or form. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't really sure when I was listening to the last episode whether or not that would come back into play. In the module, it, I mean, maybe this is spoilers for someone who wants to run it, but...
0: She, she definitely was controlling Jack. She um, That was one of my regrets. I wish I hadn't had her vanish on you. I wish you I had let you finish out that fight. Because if she died, then you all would have had to roll to see whether or not she was going to take up inhabitants in your brain.
6: And oh, she wouldn't be able to control
0: you or anything, but she would talk to you and try and influence your thoughts.
6: What would that be like, Bill? Crazy. <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the only word. <laughs>
6: that would have
3: been awesome!
2: Sporulating.
3: A sack I mean, that talks to you? It or, makes <laughs> sense that she, she ran. Like Yeah, she's getting, like who wouldn't? She's getting... Pretty beat down, she was paralyzed there for a few rounds, like, I mean, it makes sense that she ran, uh, but obviously, like, how much of that funhouse did we actually not get to, because again, yeah, we were, I mean, I think ideally, we probably would have scheduled, like, two, different, two days to play this over, and maybe we would have gotten to so much more, and unfortunately, Andrew had to leave before the finale, which, of course, why belric wasn't in the, the <laughs> final episode and uh you kind of got we got to shoot you through the portal there with this t-shirt gun but... If i'm gonna go
5: out though that's the way to go out
3: that's a pretty good way everyone oh, yeah. loves
2: a t-shirt gun
5: if you can choose that's it i blame i blame the flat tire from earlier in the day if i had been absolutely to what yeah. was true. To, <laughs> if Woody had gone straight to the police this would never have happened but. <laughs>
0: Before we get into all that, why don't you all go over your backstories a little bit so that the tauntings that Reaver and Jack had make a little more sense to people? Who wants to start?
3: How how in depth do you want me to go into? Let's the- uh, <laughs> let's <laughs> let that Why don't you get yours? Is obviously the mo- I think I don't. Although I haven't heard Bellrux, but I've heard I've heard everyone else's, and Pippi's is like the most fleshed out for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I, you know the thing as about as usual backstories, for John is John loves
6: them. John loves writing them. John
4: loves
2: writing John writes pages of them. <laughs> it's it's
6: more for me to get into the character of like when people like creating characters, right? They they like to go look at pictures and and for me it's just the backstory. But yeah, this is way too much for what came out for Pippi. A matter of fact, most things that I wanted to do didn't come out in this uh, one shot. But so you want me to just, just do run a, Give us an overview. Uh, so favorite childhood memory type. So what I can't remember exactly what things that that you pip uh, you picked on with Pippi a little bit, but you know, vaguely her favorite childhood memory was enjoying. Uh, she was a, in a traveling caravan and the vacations she had on the beach with her brothers and sisters.
0: Reaver said, "Is what has died truly dead?" Mm-hmm. Mm hmm. And she said, "Are you feeling a bit under the water?"
6: Okay, so... So
0: you want to explain those?
6: Sure. So (laughs) let me look down through here real quick to see which things you were hitting on here. So that would be...
3: Right. And while you're looking, of course, before we played, Emily gave us each this kind of questionnaire of... Info we were to fill out for her, to submit to her, for her to use. So this is what we're, we're reading for.
2: It's like before right. you go on a reality show, like at the psych evaluation, quote unquote, where they're like, what's your greatest fear? So then they can hit you with it later in that reality show to see
3: you overcome. <laughs> is that what it's like?
2: Like fear factor, like whatever, right? Anyway.
6: So, yeah, I mean, it's, it's sort of all interweaves here with Pippi, so she uh worst childhood memory was she was uh, their family a caravan was attacked by brigands when she was 10 years old her father uh tried to protect us but was knocked unconscious when he awoke uh he suffered bouts of rage and would lash out towards uh the the children and her mother and he'd become very depressed confused and could barely speak uh we want this went on for months until one night he just disappeared and he was never seen again And she assumes her father's dead. So I assume that's what you were sort of picking on a little bit there. Yeah, she she had a a, a tough uh, childhood. Um, Worst adult memory, she, well, let's see, I had a thing up here. Favorite adult memory, she met her true love named Alexi when in training alchemy school. Uh, She would spend time with, uh, they would spend time together in a hidden treehouse in the veiled forest. It was a beautiful, peaceful time. Uh, the worst adult memory is to sort of kill all that when she returned to alchemy school after a long break she found alexi in the arms of another woman he said it meant nothing but he she saw the guilt and shame in his face and she left school that day never to return so just trying to balance out you know the happy and the sadness is that why she's such a
3: shitty alchemist
6: <laughs> she, she didn't really get to do
3: a lot of alchemy. <laughs> boom, yeah, gunshots fired. I mean, she couldn't hit a goddamn Fraud's Isle of
6: Bard. That's true. I mean, I imagine with an out with uh, to do a lot of tinkering and things like that with yeah. her, but it, it never really came up. Um, but I think you're hitting Emily on the things that scared you the most as a child uh, for the water thing. When I was very little, I was crossing the Time River on a ferry. The boat was long but not very wide so it was unstable in the swift current that day the boat shifted throwing myself and three other children into the Timor the undercurrent was strong and we were all pulled under i remember everything going black and breathing lungs full of water i woke on a small boat miles down the river and f- from the ferry a fisherman had seen me floating in the water and pulled me aboard and by some miracle coughed wa- coughed up the water and regained consciousness uh, none of the other children survived to this day I have a fear of deep water and being submerged.
2: Uh. So that
6: was the dark memory which I think that's what they were uh, poking <laughs>
2: on. Yep, As yep. John's reading that whole thing and like not taking a breath I'm like I this is where it's John versus I fell off a boat I almost drowned.
6: <laughs>
2: <laughs> <laughs>
6: yeah. And there's more but I think that hit on everything that sort of came up and for Pippi, so Pippi is, is is really trying to be a very positive, influential, you know. But she's very, uh, you know, unsure of herself, so she uh, overcompensates. Was the idea? I can help you. I let me help you out. Let me be that person. I you know, and then not do a very good job at things. You didn't get enough corn
2: dogs. That was your first mistake. <laughs> that's right.
6: So yeah, that's that's Pippi, and I my regret is I should never do that voice.
4: <laughs> but that's <laughs> <not>. <laughs>
0: So, Andrew, Big Belric, got told by Reaver, how big is big enough? And also, uh, do you feel a crawling sensation on your skin? Eight tiny little eggs moving all around. Blah.
5: Yeah, so, uh, <laughs> I didn't go quite as deep.
0: <laughs>
5: um, so, yeah, the, the little legs thing was uh, from one of his uh, worst childhood memories, uh, Belric. There was a small grove near where he lived and he used to love and go play to go and play there and he fell asleep there once and woke up completely covered in spiders so he absolutely cannot stand spiders and probably like little soft touches like that would probably drive him nuts as well and of course as we found out during the show big belric just wants to be big that's why he learned how to <laughs> you know be the runic uh, runic knight just so he could get tall, and like he, his like one of his favorite childhood memories was he had he had a uncle Ibsis, uh, who used to stand him on his shoulders so he could see everything and be tall, and that's kind of his motivation for an awful lot of things. Um, he's got uh, he's got a height envy for everybody, which you know made most of this group like really a great fit for him because a lot of people were pretty short. Oh, true. Yeah. Yes. Uh, I did, I, I did appreciate finding Jared the stone turtle. For anybody who's listened to the Wizard and Lizards podcast, there was a turtle named Jared who met a horrible, horrible end. And uh, so, when I did the backstory, I did include his child. His bed. Fr- best friend was a turtle named Jared, who turned out to be a rock.
1: But uh, that rock
5: <laughs> okay. became helpful because it made an excellent missile aimed at the heads of kids who used to tease him. So. That's Belric.
0: And Bill, Booch heard mushrooms grow and mushrooms die. And also, only one small spark is needed to create an inferno.
1: Yeah. (laughs) So, um, the one small spark is one of Booch's, uh, Booch's biggest fears. Because fire is perhaps one of the most threatening things for his woodland friend's and uh just the forest that he loves. So he's terrified of fire and wildfires. Um and then his I mean his his mushrooms or his spore babies as he calls them play a big role in um in his character and and what he's interested in, what he values. So that's been something that he has been very very uh, perhaps obsessed with um since very young age. One of his worst memories was the first time he was able to successfully sporulate some of his spore babies on his shells. So he got some of these mushrooms to grow on a shell, didn't realize that that was even possible. And then he was out uh, adventuring deep, deep into the forest and uh, sort of wasn't paying attention to the time of day, didn't have enough time to make it back before nightfall and didn't do a good job of finding shelter. And it poured rain that night and it that destroyed um the Spore babies that he had successfully grown on his shell.
2: Don't you have your own shell tur?
1: Well, I do, but
2: there was no shell tur for the spore babies. I know, I got <laughs> yes. it, I, I had to.
1: So, um, well, no, you didn't, yeah, but... yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> really, what the shell,
0: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and and your best friend, your best bird friend. Cackle or Crackle or whatever the hell his name was. Well, best
1: yeah. Friend. His name was supposed to be Crackle, but uh, it ended what up being you... Cackle.
2: <laughs> yeah, you're a really good role player.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, there was a crow um, that I had known uh, in my childhood whose name was Crackle, also known as Cackle. And, uh, and one of my worst childhood memories was... Um, him eating some mushrooms that perhaps were a, a particular variety of mushrooms he should not have eaten got very very sick and booch being a druid is usually pretty good at tending to animals but uh, there was nothing i could do um he didn't die but he was very very sick for quite a few days and i was worried that he was going to die until he finally kind of turned the corner and recovered
3: he didn't even die nope <laughs> he did not <laughs> come on <laughs> He lived happily ever after. In
1: the Elena,
0: Pam, heard beware of the scarves that bind you, uh-huh. and
2: do those around you really need you? Okay, so the scarves that bind you. I thought you said stars. Oh, really? So it wasn't even like a connection that I made until you literally just said that. Because even listening back, I thought I heard scarf. <laughs> but that's obviously a reference to the one shot where my scarf got stuck in the gears and whatever. Um, yeah. And that was like my cherished present for my daughter or whatever. Or whatever. And then uh, basing Pam, sort of, her accent and personality off of my own mother. Like, literally the most gut-wrenching thing would be for my mother to not be needed or wanted. And so, like, that that's, that was, like, a pretty deep and complex fear. But especially being, like, older and, like, children and all, like, that was a good one. Ugh, that shook me.
1: Empty nesting.
2: <laughs> but, yeah, I was filling this out as myself, sort of, because I don't know my mom's personal childhood memories. And then I was like, wow, I have a lame childhood. <laughs> 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 so, so those were good ones to choose. And then Leland, Jacques heard
0: every whip has its weakness, and not everyone can be whipped into shape, because your backstory was very whip-focused. Whip-centric. <laughs>
3: mm-hmm. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, that was for Rira. I mean, Jacques got a lot from... Little Jacques, I mean, being the only one that had a childhood problem, <laughs> yes. there was a lot of taunting from that little bastard. <laughs> <laughs> so, so I don't know. Uh, I mean, obviously, my my worst okay, okay, the the whip weakness that was basically the thing that scared Jacques most of child is stories about witches immune to whips. So Reaver was like <laughs> literally Little Jacques' worst nightmare. And the thing that scared him most now are, are real life witches immune to whips. So Jacques was just really scared fighting Reaver. <laughs> what was the You wanna uh, talk what? about
0: the Whip Fairy?
3: Oh the Whip Fairy, yeah. Yeah, so that
0: whole thing. That's why you got what? the little silver wing.
3: Yeah. Poor uh poor Jacques. Worst adult poor Jacques. memory was uh, he, he he killed the whip fairy uh more more of a misunderstanding than anything it was like there was some erotic asphyxiation going on as a, a story for another time <laughs> but long short wit fairy dead by Jacques's hand uh even though the okay. Whit fairy was very kind to him most of his life mm. <laughs> goblin very fairy kind.
2: action All right. <laughs> very kind <laughs>
5: That was not the turn I expected.
3: I think that was episode two where I found those wings. Or part two. And then like there was a he had a Jock had a tirade uh, mumbling to himself, but at the end of it, Elena's just like, I have no idea what you just said.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Because you started like literally the whip fairy came out of nowhere.
1: (laughs) 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 I didn't see that explanation coming, but I'm also not really surprised. (laughs) What the whip fairy said. (laughs) Oh. <laughs> oh boy! Oh boy! Moving right along.
0: So to answer the earlier question, what did you miss in the fun house? So on the first level, mm-hmm. um, if you had gone down the employee hallway, which was just a simple lock, you could have easily picked or broken the door. Told you guys.
1: <laughs> Sounds complicated.
0: It was a lot of closets. There was another one of the adult aspects of one of the children was in there, um, and then just uh, lots of platinum, probably store What's rooms. <laughs> no. And a lot lot more crap you could have found. So all the crap that you found, the reason I told you to keep track of what you found, was to give to the Stitchling to make different things. Mm. That was the whole point of all of it. Uh, the other thing that you missed was in the top right corner of the whole thing. Um, so like northeast of that center circle room, there was a dunking booth. And one of the... Uh, there was another child in there, another adult aspect. And one of the, there was three booths, and the third booth had rejuvenation water in it, so Jacques could have gotten his year back.
4: It would have made him, it would make
0: you younger again, Mm -hmm. as long as it's in the booth. If you try to take it out of the booth, it doesn't work anymore. Interesting. And then, and and then, uh, north of the ball pit were just more hallways, and in one of the closets, um, in one of the closets was a dress-up suit, like a, a mascot suit of Jacques, Jacques. God damn it. <laughs> <laughs> wait, wait, who? Jack, the clown. <laughs> and um, <laughs> since Booch had done, had fallen victim to, victim to that uh, crown of madness earlier, he would have seen that. If he had seen that, he would have been compelled to attack it. Mm. And then on the second floor, oh, and there were some things I left out just because we did it all in one day. And if we had broken it up into maybe two recordings or something, which is what I will suggest next time we do something like this, mm-hmm. because one day was... It was pretty long i was i was wiped yeah
1: yeah it was long
0: there were things that i cut out like in the mirror maze there was a mirror that had a juvenile green dragon in it that was trapped inside the mirror and you could have freed him because in a, um, the closet there was a the closet within the mirror maze that had a mirror in it that was like a one of those freestanding dressing mirror kind of things and there's a portal to another realm in that mirror so if you've been able to get that Portal mirror up to the dragon's mirror, he could have left his mirror and gone into that and been free and happy. Hmm.
1: Would there be some benefit that we would have got from doing that or just personal nope, satisfaction? Just, just
0: happy feelings. Yeah, just okay. happy feelings. We would have gained <laughs> three
1: levels at the end of the adventure. Yes. 100
0: platinum. Your hearts grew three <laughs> sizes for that.
4: <laughs>
6: <laughs> Only big
5: bell rakes when he touched his <laughs> rune symbols. But.
0: Yes, there were sections of the of the uh, mirror maze that you missed. Um, there was, in one part of it, a poster of Happy Jack that if you had come near it, would have come to life. And if you had taunted it or spoken bad about it or anything like that, it would have attacked you. The poster would have attacked you.
6: Did the other group that you ran through this with prior, did they do all of those things or did they miss any of them?
0: They actually, so they had a twirtle also. Uh, Taco Maniac played a twirtle. And maze. he got bitten by Bubby. So he was a wear hippo turtle, tortle. and okay. he just started to bust through doors. Any door he saw, he just ran through. Uh, so they went through the employee entrance, and they went through all those closets, and they also did not see the poster. They did see the dragon, um, and then they made their way back around and came back to the front entrance to see the... So platter, nobody left the dragon... Runners.
1: Go then. They did. They did let oh, the dragon they did. go. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Really? I feel like that's a difficult um little puzzle to solve though. Like how do you know how to put the mirror up?
0: Their DM gave them a lot of hints.
1: Ah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. who, who
6: DM'd they, for them? I, yeah, I don't yeah, remember yeah. the hints. <laughs> well, they Emily did not see the hints.
0: balloon they did oh, not okay. see the balloon room at all. They didn't go in there.
6: Oh <laughs> well see? The balloon
5: room was much better than the dragon. Mm, yeah, I agree. <laughs>
0: Then on the lower floor, um, underneath where the dunking booths were, there was a room that had water that was seeping in it that you guys didn't see. And Happy Jack's room you didn't see. And there was a lot of information that you could have gleaned in there. Okay. Then also I skipped a whole thing. There's a whole thing with the Am Viper, which is one of my regrets. I wish I had in the very first room where I told you all those posters with all the kids and what their adult aspects were. I wish I had said that there are posters for the Am-Viper, the Were-Hippo, and the Immortal Pig. Because mm. then you would have had a better idea what the Am-Viper was. and You, might, you probably would have reacted quite differently to the snake scream and all that oh. information about it. True. But then there was a whole thing with the Am-Viper turns people into... If she can attack you and poison you, she turns you into a cluster of snakes. Huh. So there's a whole bunch of Vistani people in a room in the lower level... That are just the snake council. Just oh. hundreds and hundreds of snakes. And I could have had Booch hear them or somehow be aware of them, but it was late in the day and I'm like, That's I'm legitimately scary. Cut I that hate out. snakes
2: so much. Snakes don't have to be Bill loves snakes, love snakes mm-hmm. but yeah. And then if you
0: had killed the Am Viper, if you had actually killed her, all those snakes would have reverted to human form in that small room. Okay. Unless you had been okay. able to get them out oh. of that room first and out of the fun house. Yeah, it would not have been good.
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> so oh, she was you like, just Next. hear crunching and squishing and screaming. Yeah, a <laughs> yeah. Yeah, street... full of just
0: yeah.
3: <laughs> guts. Oh.
0: It's a thousand voices screaming and cut short all at once. Oh, boy.
1: Yeah. <laughs> and then just
3: oozing the you know, all around the door. If we'd finished popping all those green balloons, probably would have done it in.
0: It wouldn't have been good. <laughs> <laughs> it would have been a lot of damage, yes. Uh, so basically, that's really... There was a petting zoo um, that was no longer used downstairs
6: so that's a that's pretty elaborate for well I right. guess it really wasn't considered a one shot,
1: right? It was a a short adventure.
0: yeah, it's more of a side quest kind of thing, I think is what it was meant right. to be
1: yeah yeah i think I think you could easily play this whole thing like across perhaps even three sessions mm-hmm um, if you wanted so, to yeah. really f- fully explore it.
2: Now, is the petting zoo for animals or for children who are turned into animals? As special animals. That, that's where the dragon originally was. Like his,
0: his mirror that he's trapped in was the roof, or the roof, the uh, ceiling of the petting zoo. Okay. It's the floor and the mirror maze with the ceiling of the petting zoo and um, stuff like that.
6: The problem with timing on these one-shots is some people can just walk across ladders and it takes about 30 seconds. <laughs> Others can spend an hour yeah. trying to get across <laughs> a ladder.
5: i think also if you were running it over several days like the damage that we were incurring or some of us who were having ladder issues were incurring uh you know you stop like okay we're gonna take a long rest here because yes i don't want to die by spinning room (laughs) right (laughs) right
0: and then also because of that there were a lot of abilities that the adult aspects had that i didn't even use Um, and Mm. then also I, I completely forgot about this one, I was
2: I would have used it. Reaver had Everett's black tentacles.
3: Oh that would have been rough in that hallway. That brings brings yeah. back bad memories. The cool
2: thing yeah. about this one shot M was you felt like I feel and I could tell that you're so prepared that like if and when you wanted to skip things, it wasn't like like you just went with it and we wouldn't have known any different, right? So yeah, it, right. It, well, it
1: felt very, very seamless, it which was still I still really good. Like you're saying okay. is is a um, consequence of M being Right. Extremely well prepared.
2: Yeah, because I
0: didn't like you guys could have gone anywhere, so I had to know the whole thing since we were doing it in one day. Also, if we had broken it up, I might not have like I could have just tried to know the first floor and not have to know the second floor. But then there were ways for you guys to get down to that second floor. Every one of those um, trapdoors in the floor that you saw, mm-hmm. they went down. There was a five foot square that went down, but then there was one a uh, uh, one inch diameter tunnel that went off it that's what this how the snakes got around the whole fun house through all those one-inch tunnels were all over the place throughout there mm. but one of you could have potentially turned into something that could have fit in there and gone through and then some of them went down to open places where you could have gotten out like there was one that came down by the slide And could on down and gone straight to the slide
1: you never See, know that always scares me like as a wizard um there there are ways that you could you could turn into a very small um creature to go scouting um and as a druid you know there's a handful of different ways you can pull that off but then you're all by yourself so like what if you run into a terrible situation Mm -hmm. it always like i'm always very reluctant to do that or somebody steps on you right yeah (laughs) (laughs) squished (laughs) underfoot
5: what a way to go Uh, it's better than squished in a closet with you know a thousand snakes turned people I suppose yes. yeah, that, that seems like been the been worst
6: done. way to go. Really, yeah.
5: <laughs> I it, it's 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 funny in most of the senses of the word how light the episode was, considering like how horrifying most of this crap is. Yeah,
4: like yeah, all yeah. of the things
5: we found, a lot of it was pretty terrible, and there was more terrible things to find. But I felt like everybody, like we all played it really light, and I actually think that that was a really good balance because i think otherwise i mean i could you if you like dark and grim you know (laughs) it it could have gone really dark and really grim as john's backstory proves but yes um (laughs) you know ultimately i feel like we were just having a good time and and i think also that reflects what m did being so prepared is it was so seamless like we could just roll with it so it never really felt like you didn't see the strings behind uh, the, the, the Muppets. So, yeah. Have you ever played End of the World?
4: <laughs> That's Dark and <laughs> Yeah. <drama>. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> yes. Actually.
5: I ran that one shot recently, so. About <laughs> oh, yeah. that. Our,
3: our characters are just so ridiculously fantastical that... Mm, not <laughs> how could tempted. it have been played any other way? Like, I mean... <laughs> they're all just <laughs> ridiculous. <like>, I mean... <laughs> we each have our own aspect that is just, like, so overblown. And... You know, the focus is, like, on that, that it's hard to deviate from anything but that. Like, Jacques can't be serious. (laughs) Like, how is he supposed to be serious? (laughs) Like, he can't be. It's (laughs) true.
2: Very whip-centric. Yeah, very (laughs) whip-centric. How
3: do you be serious? Like, he can't be serious.
0: Yeah, I read all the backstories. Like, I got Elena's first, and I got John's and Big Ballarist and and, and, uh, Booch, and then I get Jacques, and I'm like,
2: what the <laughs> <heck>? <laughs> <laughs> DMs are always weird, you know. <laughs> Can't read <rein> them
5: in. <laughs> Listen, when you get the opportunity to kind of just go, I, I imagine most, DM, most DMs I know who then play, like I see them kind of.
2: Well, yeah, he's like my backstory nuts. is gonna be what I wanted to be in the moment as I make it up. <laughs> <laughs> Which is great. It was it, I, it brought a lot for me
0: to be able to pick on. That's for sure. Like I didn't write down any of the stuff that Jacques and or yeah, little Jacques and Jack said at the end. That was all I had. Your backstories pulled up, and I just quickly glance at it and and say something.
3: Yeah, like Toby. <laughs> Fucking Toby.
0: <laughs> Toby's the worst. So Leland, how did it feel for you to, to give up control again?
3: Oh yeah, I mean, this is I the like third playing. time now. Yeah, no, I, I like I like being a player. Obviously, I prefer. Uh, being a, a dm but like yeah like elena says like i like making stupid ass characters and so i have fun playing them right so it's good it was good and you can were you, can you squeeze another class in there on, <laughs> on <Joker>? well, <laughs> i don't know if his stats, stats can really handle a sixth <laughs> class there but...
5: <laughs> but but when you decide to choose those hit dies to get hey. your hit points back on a long rest you do have a pretty significant selection where there's, there's a whip. A a way. Way. Unfortunately,
3: he doesn't exactly. have uh, the strength for, to 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 be a barbarian. Otherwise, I'd have one of each hit die. <laughs> I, mm. I mean, just because you don't.
5: Uh, yeah, I guess. According to rules, you couldn't do it. But yeah, you know, to the to the right DM, if you if you convince them of your ridiculous backstory, which
3: is ridiculous.
1: <laughs> what do you need a, a thirteen in in this stat think, to be yeah. that?
3: Or maybe strengthen con for the barbarian. I, don't I mean,
2: you originally had a backstory to support like the triple class or quadruple or whatever, but I, I don't know how to defend your quintuple class.
3: He's, he's, his name literally translates to Jack of all trades. It's, I... That's all I, you need.
2: <laughs> <laughs> that's all you need. You don't need paragraphs, people.
3: No, you know, as, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. I mean, he's adopted, his, his adopted mom gave him his whips. And his siblings are very proficient in their own area, and he wanted to emulate his siblings.
2: Yeah, well, astrophysics is a little different than whips, but we'll take it. It's
3: fine. <laughs> yeah, but it's the mm-hmm. same theory. It's the same practice. In One practice, of them's yes. a, rocket all, a rocket
2: surgeon, I'm pretty sure.
3: So It all comes out in the wash.
5: I'm trying to figure out <laughs> astrophysics and whips, but you know what? I'm not going to say. <laughs> well, I'm when like you curl ask. a whip,
3: it's like circular like a planetoid. And then from I think there I specifically really said easy.
5: I wasn't going to ask.
4: <laughs> you don't need
5: to.
0: So did anybody have a part of the funhouse they liked the most? The pig. <laughs>
1: the pig was great.
0: Oh Oink fat. Oink fat the pig. So when I played uh-huh. with the other group, uh-huh. Britt played, and she was a druid as well. Yeah. And she found Oink fat and some from somewhere produced a baby Bjorn and carried oink fat on her front
2: around with her the rest of the funhouse.
1: That's amazing. <laughs> she
2: tried to save him. <laughs> I mean, honestly, I, I think I like watching everyone else fail at those spinning things. The tunnels. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty yeah, having a
1: Having a huge, um, heavy uh, shell on your back certainly is not advantageous <laughs> for those sorts <laughs> of things. I
5: like the balloon room. Yeah, the, the balloon was fun. Yeah, yeah,
4: yeah.
5: Fun. And, and the ballroom. Actually, both of the... Not the ballroom, but the uh, room where the ball was flying out and our fisherman friend. Like, those yeah, are, those yeah, yeah. The spinning platform. Yeah.
0: You guys weren't in there long enough for the platform to get up to speed because then you would be, like, stuck to the
2: wall. You know those car oh, rides where, where you're, like, on stuck on the wall? That's where <laughs> yeah. I
5: thought it was going, but...
2: Yeah, you know. didn't and let it go killed, long enough.
5: We killed them hard.
2: <laughs> I was like, so I'm out. out. I
0: just kept going. I almost had Reaver reappear in there, oh, God. but I knew you all were down low on hit points, and I thought I probably shouldn't. Mm. Just to cackle and torture
2: us and disappear again would be... Uh, no, she probably would have killed one of you. Well, yeah, we didn't have to fight is what I'm saying. I actually uh, like no, the <laughs>
3: uh, final fight with Happy Jack, the best. Mm-hmm, oh, that was mm-hmm. really great. Uh, mostly because Little Jock was there. That was really fun <laughs> to get the role play. <laughs> yeah, that was really fun
5: to listen to. That, that was a that, I mean that episode was a lot of fun to listen to and the uh, just the the way you guys worked through the the stitchling and and what she was gonna produce and then to uh, like the the way that the alternate reality got set up and the, and that whole fight was really a lot seems like a lot of fun I was fantastically jealous the entire time' I was <laughs> like I would I would have done this.
2: <laughs> Go kick your car tire real quick and yeah, come back. I'm <laughs> make you feel better. <laughs> there are two options for
0: where that could have happened. So where I took you was the basic Barovia, where there wasn't like, it was just the meadow or whatever with the tree. Mm-hmm. I could have also taken you to like a Candyland Barovia where there mm-hmm. were gumdrops and candy canes coming out of the ground and things could have like popped up from underneath you and caused all kinds of havoc. But I felt overwhelmed by having to manage all that. So I'm like, no, we're going basic. So oh, I wrong. hope that doesn't
2: disappoint you knowing
0: about Listen, that. But it you put us in <laughs> a field. A we're in me. a field.
2: We don't know that there's another alternate candy land. You know, that's the cool thing about DMing, yeah. right?
0: Yeah. We don't know. And then they wrote so many different variations for Jack. There were so many different powers I, I chose for him. Like I went through and said, I want him to have this and have this and other things. Like eating of the kids was one of the variants. Um, that was just Ugh. something I that they offered to say. If you want to make Jack a little more powerful, he have would him do this. that. I thought well,
2: it was pretty cool. <laughs> it was a good trip. It was scary, man. Oh. And then you put them to sleep and made them easy targets. <laughs> yeah, well, Pam's always trying to be helpful. <laughs>
0: <laughs> do you have any part of the fun house that you did not like? What was your least favorite?
6: Ladders.
2: <laughs> That's what I enjoy.
6: You can't can't make a roll. <laughs> They'll kill you.
2: I I, it was uh when Andrew left, like I was like, oh, you know what I mean, like because we kind of knew that he had a, a heart out and like, tr- just trying to work it. Like you did a good job working it in there, but like it just, I was like, oh.
5: Oh thanks. I yeah I was bummed. <laughs> yeah, I felt <laughs> bummed.
2: The rest of it was like, just entertaining in my mind.
5: I I really enjoyed getting taken out by a t-shirt, and what was really funny about it is that's the second halfling I've had that has ended up with some sort of souvenir from some sort of alternate reality, like amusement park thing. <laughs> I have a uh, I have a a halfling rogue named Corfus, and one of the first adventures I played the the DM who is the DM on Wizards and Lizards, but this was. Uh, not a game for that. Uh, we went to a place called Dosny Land. Oh. So it was all like Disney themed, but like not. And uh, one of the first things I did was find, uh, I wanted an item of clothing. You know, I needed a souvenir. The only thing I could find that fit me was a, a bib. Uh, mm. But uh, Chesky actually said, "As long as you're wearing it, it's so distracting that you had a plus one on AC." So <laughs> still has that bib and uh, he wears it proudly, and it says "Dosnyland" on it. Nice. So now I have <laughs> because Big Belrick, if he ever makes an appearance, will be
6: wearing that t-shirt. So, <laughs> also... I mean, he died for it. So <laughs> I can't remember. Well, did we say what was on the t-shirt? Happy Jack's face. Happy Jack's face. Yeah. yeah. No, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Happy,
2: you used face. It, okay. You used happy it It's uh, the Happy hole that's <laughs> right
0: <laughs> that's use right. it to activate the portal yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> with a mirror that somebody just happened to pick up
3: right mm-hmm. that stitching list uh, like there's a lot of stuff i a lot of things we could have made that would have made that little final fight like easier for us obviously too right because right. of all of jack's yeah. resistances and stuff like that
0: yeah you could have had or made other stuff
3: yeah, but we didn't we have didn't the shit. So yeah, we. Yeah, were there missing. wasn't a, there wasn't a single other thing we had on us that we could have had her made.
0: Oh, really? At I the didn't time, know. we would have had to go um, and look yeah, for other stuff. Uh, yeah. You you missed like almost all of the closets. Well, right.
3: Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Pam
2: wanted yeah. to go to the closets. Well, <laughs> <frickin'> <laughs> we didn't yeah. have Mom. another.
3: We didn't have another five hours of ex- exploration Listen, time. So. Mom <laughs> knows
2: how to go shopping and get get exactly what her kids need. Okay.
5: There were several places we probably could have gotten a severed head, but...
2: That's true. (laughs) That is true.
4: (laughs) Oh, gosh.
5: Uh. Once we embraced, these kids don't want to be saved, we're going to kill them all. Mm. It was nice that we were able to, or that you were able to save them at the end, because I was sort of like, "Eh, showing back up to this village after this is going to be pretty awkward. (laughs) So so we saw your kids, but they were old and assholes, so we killed them? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) so we're sorry Your except you know what if you safe. go back in there's a there's a somebody's yeah, exactly. kid is on a stationary bike
2: <laughs> right good luck getting her off it yeah sorry. she will Not chop sorry. you up with her cleaver yeah
6: so i guess what we've learned is always take severed heads because you never know when they're going to come in handy i mean
2: right. we usually <laughs> have a few severed heads in our bags of holding
3: <laughs> they're still attached to dead True, bodies we so. could sever them <laughs> See that's just uh, that's the shelf of opportunity of severed heads. Yes. <laughs> Less than shelf yes. of shame of severed heads. That's right. <laughs> Next time Shaft sees a severed
2: head, just put it in the bag.
3: That's right.
6: There might be some in there. You guys don't know what's in
2: that. That's bag. you yeah. did I just mean... buy it, so I don't know where you would have gotten a stash of stuff.
3: <laughs> the stitchling a really cool entity, like as a concept. It's very interesting. hmm Yeah.
1: Yeah, I liked it too. I yeah. thought for sure we were gonna have to kill it. I was. I was ready for that.
0: But... I was so worried you were going to attack.
3: <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> was there any other way to get to Jack?
0: Mm-hmm. Yes. Okay. So if you had gone to his room, like you would, have, you would have, if the stitchling hadn't opened the portal for you, I assume you would have continued exploring. You would have eventually found his room. And in right. there, there is another portal to Barovia. Okay. Was
6: okay. it down on the same level? Because we did the, we took the slide all the
3: way oh, down. Oh, right. There.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's on the lower level. Okay. It's in the bottom right corner.
3: Okay. A lot of the hallways on that second floor looked like they were blocked with the sores.
0: Yeah, those planar sores, they um, actually, it's supposed to be random where they spit you out. And I did that with the first group. I I rolled a die and randomly spit people out because I think three of them went through them. And it just split the party so much and caused a lot more extra time trying to get them all back together awful. and having to jump from person to person. Yeah. I was like, okay, now for the podcast, you're all going to the same place if you go through a, a sore. Yeah,
3: that makes sense. I mean, Booch goes through first, and he gets to spend 15 minutes looking down doors while we're all taking the longest slide ride ever, <laughs> <laughs> apparently.
2: I like to slide.
3: So did I, but it took fucking forever. I mean, Booch is just taking his <laughs> slow-ass turtle time all over the place. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean... Slow and steady. That's the race. <laughs> yeah,
1: we he's not a hair. Come on.
2: <laughs> Jocks the hair. Hmm. He's the jack of all hairs. Leland,
0: how happy were you to get to use Tenser's floating disk?
3: Oh yeah, it was. It was it was a quiet <laughs> satisfaction that I greatly enjoyed. I kind of hated
0: that
4: it
3: was working. <laughs> it was actually pretty <laughs> handy. I
0: didn't and Andrew that. goes. I got that reference. <laughs>
3: Right?
0: <laughs> it's
2: funny.
3: a good spell, okay? Just when you get a ring of floating discs from your dungeon master, just agree to disagree. I, mean. <laughs> I love I, how much you
1: hate it.
2: I it like my amulet. Brings me better. joy. I get an extra channel from my amulet. Like,
1: <laughs> But what about a floating yeah, disc?
2: Nice. But a floating disc!
0: <laughs>
5: Listen, it's very useful to carry things, so. And people.
0: So, when you guys were outside the fun house, when you said something bad about the fun house, Reaver was supposed to have attacked. <gasps> so, she should have attacked outside, um, along with the monkey that was there. And I added the parrot, for obvious reasons. Yep. Then, when you were inside and you were fighting against Zhao Li, the one with the uh, lighting headdress, and she kept yelling at you to be quiet, anytime you spoke above a whisper, she was supposed to do psychic damage to you. Oh crap and lucy had flour that she was supposed to throw and i don't remember that i don't gave even us remember what the flour was supposed eventually.
1: to do butch likes flowers
0: <laughs> not flowers <laughs> flour, baking flour
2: um who else did you go oh, up against jeez okay so this is like was this made for characters our level yeah and it was that difficult yeah
0: that's why i had you guys bump up to fifth
1: one-shots and, and or, like you're saying, this isn't necessarily a one-shot, but like a, a short adventure, they're often pretty deadly in my experience, which is limited, but yeah.
2: In my very limited experience, <laughs> people <laughs> try to I mean, kill it's me. It's a dungeon
0: crawl. It's a dungeon crawl, right? It's not really meant to be a campaign, yeah. an ongoing yeah. thing.
3: Right. I mean, we, Bill, Elaine and I were speaking, talking earlier, and um, we said just that about kind of one-shots, we just, because we had all and including emily had played in a diamond head right. uh, one shot from our in the the group in our discord that we we have and yeah we were just kind of saying well how, what else can you really do there other than combat i mean obviously dungeons and dragons is a is a combat system that's what it is right like that's where all yeah, the rules yeah. are is for combat yeah so what else can you do other than you know have a have a dungeon call really it's hard to incorporate meaningful role play with characters that don't really know each other or mm-hmm. really, you know, have spotty histories with each other.
2: I guess that's where, like, the puzzly ones kind of come into place, like the pep shot a little bit. Yeah. And then even, like, the stitch, the Stitchling thing, like, there's puzzly sort of aspects, right? And Yeah, yeah, yeah. Looting.
3: But, I mean, it- too much of one is always bad. It was a real
5: throwback adventure. Like it was a real throwback AD and D adventure because so mm-hmm. much Dungeons and Dragons now is more role play like the dungeon crawl isn't really. I mean, there are still a lot of people who do it. There's still a lot of modules that are set that way, and like you said, it is a combat system at its heart. But like role uh, RPGs have changed a lot. I mean, in my day, RPGs were much different. I mean it. It, it was like much more combat focus. I remember the first Mm -hmm. time I started playing role-playing games again after having not for a really long time and being really discombobulated because I was like, we are not walking through a dungeon stabbing lizards. What is happening here? Right. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and it took a while. It takes a while. So I think it also is kind of interesting that this is such a, yeah, it's a, it is a, a really deadly module in a lot of respects. You know, obviously, but at the same point, it's a, it's kind of a real throwback, so it's sort of like
1: tough. I think it would be really, really challenging. I wouldn't want to try and take on the challenge of making a one shot or a very short campaign that is largely story based, because when it's when you're role playing and it's primarily relying on story uh, and exploration is what often happens uh, with that there's so many different directions the party can go and so like how do you wrap that up in a conclusion in a short amount of time uh, with all the different variables that could come into play based on the unpredictability of your party so like you kind of if you want it to be very story heavy uh, you kind of have to railroad people to to make that work for a one
3: shot i would Yeah think. okay but here here's here's the the difference so one there's Absolutely nothing wrong with this module that we ran through. If it's going to be combat heavy, you just up front say to your players, guess what? This is what we're going to play. But it's like, it's combat heavy. But the difference is with this particular module, every single encounter we had could not have ended as a social encounter. It was designed mm. to end in combat.
2: So mm. there right. there was no True.
3: alternative for our characters to even explore. We tried to speak to Lucy. She's pedal, pedal, pedal. She lashes we out, tried yeah. to charm one of the other ones. Like, they're there for us to defeat via combat. There yeah. wasn't Defeat surprise.
0: or leave alone, yeah. Or like, leave alone, sure. Alone.
3: But that's not a resolution, right? I think
1: that's no. kind of the way these things sort of have to happen, uh, really. Uh, I think it'd be very challenging to do it alternative way, Well, alternative. you
3: have to design it from the ground up to give an alternative. Obviously, the way this was designed is what I'm saying. The, like in the context of this fun house that these adult versions ripped from the ch- the children for mm-hmm. their exact purpose that they're placed in this fun house for there is no way that it makes sense that we could go about it in a different way so it's right. really from the core like you can't just turn start with a combat centric and turn it into something else you need to have both in mind if you're going to design it that way i think
1: uh, and i sort of what i was the point i was trying to make is that like i wouldn't want to try and tackle the the task of creating a homebrew one-shot or even just very, very short campaign that was intended to be uh, light on combat and very story driven, because I don't, it would be really hard to, to make sure that it can be wrapped up in a short amount of time, right? Because you don't, when it, when it's not combat, there's so many different directions you can go in social situations.
2: So, But when you have the idea, like, the only thing I've ever created was that Christmas one-shot. Like, you know you're going... The end, from the very beginning, the Rat King stole Santa. You're going to fight the Rat King. From there, depending on what the characters do, they could fight this, they could not. There's a lot of role-playing that happened because there's, like, this world that sort of everyone already knew and related to, right? Like, this Christmas, the North Pole.
0: Yeah, and you had a pretty... Closed in world though, it, yes. We couldn't True. go on an offshoot over sure, that you way. you go that
2: way, like I'm screwed. But and that's
5: sort of you I have guess, to throw the point I'm making. You
2: throw up yeah. I, yeah.
5: I I can speak to this a little bit because I do run um games for a comic book shop locally. So I just started doing that. Um They happen to be like middle school kids, so there's a little bit more, you know, that you can. They like they need to be railroaded a little bit more. But like the uh, the first two adventures I've done. We're more role play heavy. I mean, they're like four sessions. So like four sessions, two hours. So like longer than what we did. Um But a little mini campaign. Um, and these kids, I tried to get them to fight. And like everything <laughs> was trying to talk their way out of it and investigate. And like I was totally floored because it is not what I was told about these kids. But um mm-hmm. I think you have to go in with that in mind. And then you do have to do things like you do have to. I would call it soft railroading. Like I put them on an island, so there is only so far they could go off the rails. Right. Yeah, um, right. And mm-hmm. and then as a DM, I think at that point you have to be at your most adaptable, because I have to be ready for anything they do. Um, and and this is the, I mean, I try and approach my can, any campaign, anything that I run this way anyway, because I just I know you know, as a player and from experience as a DM, the people will just kind of go do whatever you want, like. <laughs> You can play. No, no, no campaign meets first contact with your players. I mean, it just they're just going to go and do whatever they're going to do and you have to adapt. But like with these sort of one shots, I think the shorter you want to do, if it's like, hey, we're going to do a three hour session, then it is going to have to be more combat heavy or it's going to have to be far more directed. I think if you have a short campaign or a short adventure, like if you have it over several days, you can do a little bit more. Have a little more flexibility in what you want to do, but I think you know, like you were just saying, uh, if it's if you have a concept going in, then you have a much better time of doing it. I I, I think it kind of all depends. It depends on the party too. Like right. if you have yeah. a party that's a bunch of chatterboxes, you know, who look a lot like me because I'm a chatterbox, you know that you're going to have a lot more talky talk.
2: Dude, our incorrigible party is like how many episodes of role-play and how many of combat? Like I wasn't going to say, but yeah. I'm going to say. But
5: that's, you know, and and like, you know, and then I've had groups, I've had groups that have just wanted to stab things. Yeah. Like, repeatedly and endlessly. like To the point where it's uncomfortable. That's so what Leland
2: so. was bringing up. Like, I guess, like, our Diamond Head adventure, it's, we're comparing, Bill and I at least, to, like, very limited experience where there's a lot of role-play. And, uh... So, yeah, it's interesting to be even in, in Happy Jack as well. It's it's how it's constructed, like like you're saying, Leland. I guess I don't, as as someone who doesn't DM a lot, I don't think about that. Like, okay, what was their core concept and what did they build around? Like, you probably already, like, noticed that. <laughs> I think
6: what you do is you get a bunch of bullet points of things you want to make sure you have story driven. And then as the characters are going through, whatever door they open up, if you need to get some information to them, that's where they find that book. That's where they find that key they're going to need, and if they passed up three rooms where the key was that they need to get, they find it somewhere else. Yeah. Right? Yeah. and that's the the module sort of the the casement of the game, and then you verify you you make modification so we
2: missed all those closets but if they were integral to something like you could make it appear somewhere else like
6: you could find it somewhere else and yeah
0: yeah yeah exactly
2: i would have given you what you needed yeah it's interesting though about like the characters having no role play resolution though it's like an ignore fight sort of at least like with the the peloton girl right that is interesting to think about i didn't really think about that
3: which there's nothing wrong with well, I mean, we the module is what the module is. Everyone's on board with what the module is and have at her if you're going to enjoy it. But, I mean, I think sometimes a social encounter can take far less time than a combat encounter because just because of the way combat's run. I mean, That's true. that final episode, unedited, that was like an hour, 40 minutes of recording time. And it pared down to an hour because right. it was majority of combat yeah, yeah. where you could have a 30-minute social encounter and a two-hour combat <laughs> and come right. to the same conclu- or different or similar conclusions possibly right so yeah i don't know i think i agree bill that is that's incredibly difficult to build as a as a one shot if you're aiming for like four hours it's a it's a difficult thing to judge as far as timing goes
1: i wouldn't feel uh up to the task that's for sure i think it's sort of
6: like when you're cooking a meal and you try to get everything to end at the same place right so you gotta you gotta scatter things in and you gotta start the the eggs before you start the whatever and trying to mold all that together if the combat's taking too long and you need to get it done because your time's gonna run out people run away right uh or whatever it is to to adjust the timing but that's tough that's a skill for sure
2: this was like so enjoyable emily though because i could tell that you were enjoying yourself and like knew what you're doing. Which like helps to know that you're not like stressing out <laughs> just like as a friend, right?
0: The all the preparation really paid off, I think because like you said, I was more comfortable with this one because I knew the answers. And I'm not I'm not a think on my feet kind of person. I'm not good at that. Um I, I need, disagree I need planning.
2: Well no, I mean I How many times has Shakara yelled spontaneously and perfectly? <laughs> that's different.
6: That's because she's yelling at me.
2: Oh, that's true. That's
0: true. <laughs> and that has, since we're so used to that, it's like natural. <laughs> so we do have some questions. All if right. we're ready for that, sure, yeah. Just a couple. Oh. Uh, Britt on Discord asks, "What did you like and not like about your character? More specifically, how you felt the character was suited to this adventure?"
6: I'll go. Uh, I took an artificer for the first time because I've never played one before. With the hopes, like I said earlier, I wanted to do more things like uh, build, build trinkets and and do that kind of thing. And uh, I didn't really do it any justice because I just got caught up in the, the moment of the game. Uh, and I haven't, I didn't use a lot of that. But so I, I would like to continue to try, try an artificer in another way. But I don't think Pippi was really any different than uh, you know a regular character. I don't think I got to experience what I was looking for. That's my fault, not not the module uh, or the game.
3: Yeah, there's a lot of cool artificer subclasses now, especially since mm-hmm. it, the class first came out. Like artificers seem really interesting, and like you can do, you can take them in a lot of different directions now. I mean, yes, there are, uh, many of them are predominantly combat based, like the Artillerist or the uh, what's the other? What's the one with the armor? I don't know. There's one where, where basically you can be like Iron Man or whatever. You have this crazy yes. suit of armor and. So there's lots of cool and interesting things and it's more like the the artificer is more like Eberron style like the that mix of steampunk and fantasy or you know sci-fi ish mm-hmm. fantasy kind of stuff which John you you said before you don't actually really like all that much. <laughs> I know. But, <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't really know what else you could have done though as Pippi to try to get more out of it. I, I don't I don't know.
6: Yeah, I I don't know. I I just felt when we were done and I looked back at it, and I was like, oh, I really wanted to do things like this, this and this, mm-hmm. you know, and, uh, you know, do more with the potions, do more with, the, you know, that kind of thing. And But the opportunity just didn't present itself where it made sense or I missed it. You know, I started focusing on popping balloons and not really paying any attention to what if I could do something to go up and pop the balloons for us or, you know, whatever. Yeah. I I, I kind of too with you, John. Like,
5: I, I actually really enjoyed playing Belric so much so that I weaved him and three other people exactly like him into a campaign that I was running because I was just having too much fun. Um, but uh, there are a couple things that a runic knight can do, which I think would have been useful to kind of throw in there. Like, a, there's a cloud rune where you can, if somebody... Uh, within you, within thirty feet of you, gets hit by an attack. You can use your reaction to choose a different creature, other than the attacker, to become the target of the attack. Which would have ended up badly for the kids, maybe, but like could have become like could have been useful in that last fight. So mm. there's stuff like that that would be fun to explore. But uh, it's a kind of a fun little class. So I, I enjoyed it, and I thought I thought he worked pretty well in this, and and I enjoyed the funhouse mirror. Disappointment of not being big briefly it was, uh, it was great. So, uh, yeah, that was fun.
0: I learned in a previous one shot that the, the very first time I DM'd, um, I co-DM'd, John helped me. And the only reason it wasn't a TPK was because John convinced me to not. So. <laughs> John's like you might not want to do that. Well,
6: she's she was brutal. I mean, she was out to kill.
0: <laughs> there were traps in that one as well, and they went off, and they went off, and they went off, and they went off. And it's it is better that a trap goes off once, but that was why that's why traps for for me for, well forever only go off once.
3: Right. So let me ask you, and I'm going to hazard a guess here and say that eventually we all got advantage going through those tunnels. Is that that's not part of the module, is it?
2: No. Yeah, that was smart. That was smart, because we suck. Yeah, and mm-hmm. yeah,
3: it was very smart. And that's, I think that plays in exactly what you're talking about, as far as the traps triggering once, and then they're done.
2: Yeah, can't like think me. on your feet, yeah. my
0: bad. Very
3: good decision. Yeah, very good decision. <laughs> I
0: felt you guys were getting frustrated with all that, and I thought I, I can't. You, you can't did it for John. You like, like don't
6: this. lie. So this- this one shot would have been, remember we all went down in that tunnel and we all died? And died. <laughs> spun around and just...
5: We bludgeoned just ourselves to death in a spinning tunnel. Five corpses
3: slowly right. spinning down this tunnel until they come of the other end.
2: I mean, we know Booch would just be in his shell just rocking and just like waiting for
3: it. To... Rocking and rolling.
2: Yeah, and roll.
1: Fermenting. Yeah. Well, I think that's um, just a- another piece of... Um, What's, what am I trying to say here? It's another example of you doing an excellent do- job DMing this is sort of reading the room and tweaking things as needed so that it's an enjoyable experience for all of us. And I think it right. yep. it really paid off because you could tell when we were, you know, there's the potential for us to get frustrated and you, you tweaked things um, as needed to still make it challenging, but not like we're just pounding our heads against a wall.
3: Well, and you used the system of advantage and disadvantage perfectly within Dungeons and Dragons Fifth Edition because you made it. I mean, I think that's part of that design too. Is uh, you made it so it nearly became trivial, but it wasn't something that was completely dismissed, which was perfect. So it mm-hmm. was a great choice. I think that was very well done. And and okay. like again, I completely agree with you, Bill. It's something small. It's, that's something very minor but it's hugely impactful for us.
4: Mm-hmm. All
3: right.
2: Anyone else uh, want to talk about their character?
0: What do you like and not like, and specifically how you felt the character was suited
2: to this adventure? How it was suited, sure. Sure.
1: I kind of... Uh, the reason I originally made Booch, which was a long time ago...
2: You made Booch? I,
1: I was always interested in... Um...
2: <laughs> this has been discussed on mic.
1: Yeah, you can edit that out, right? Um,
2: he can. He won't.
0: <laughs> I distinctly remember hearing me say Leland edited that out during this one shot. Yeah. In in the uh, finished <laughs> play,
5: yeah. <laughs> yes. Leland's like me. If you give us good stuff, you're
3: screwed. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it's a, what I what I did edit out in that instance was me saying nope.
1: classic
2: editor (laughs) Um, so when elena and jessica created booch oh shush (laughs) so when
0: booch was created
1: when booch was created by me and me alone (laughs) i wanted to i wanted to be a druid well i think anyway I I had talked about wanting to be a druid, so that's partly why Booch was created the way he was created. Whether it was me who created him or other people, anyway. um, Long story short, I wanted (laughs) to. Is it?
2: Is it? I (laughs) don't. Well, not at this point.
1: It ain't. (laughs) Thank God you're the one. We haven't gotten to the story part
2: yet. (laughs) Listen, anytime Ghost speaks, put it on two times. You'll listen faster. That's
1: fine. Yeah, I, I I haven't done a whole lot of really druidy stuff with Booch, as far as like wild shape and that sort of thing which is partly what I envisioned would be interesting about a druid and I really haven't Do you think that's cuz that you didn't choose
2: to though? You could have.
1: Yeah, no, for sure. I I think in the moment I just often don't choose to do that for whatever reason, I don't know.
3: Yeah, so th- it's funny you say that though because specifically the spore druid is the most different type of druid of all of the druid subclasses. Right. Yeah. It is when in the design of that subclass specifically do- designed to be a drastic departure from the standard druid with the way you use your spores and you can druid shape and get your super sport thing right so the sport druid itself is just incredibly different than a standard druid what you may, ha- druid, what you may have as as that picture in your mind yeah so i think that also plays a lot into the experience you had with that subclass right and that that uh,
1: probably is is a big uh, a big factor as to why why my experience was the way it was just like you're saying it's not really built to be your the what the stereotypical druid where you're turning into an animal but otherwise honestly i have a blast every time i played booch i think he's he's a really fun character for me to play
0: do you wish he was less clumsy
1: yeah but honestly that's funny like uh it can get frustrating if you just like can't get past a certain obstacle but if you can eventually make it past, I don't mind that. I don't mind some stumbles and taking some damage from being a klutz.
0: I think it's good to have a character flaw to play off of.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I wouldn't change much of anything, I don't think, about take, bringing Booch into this.
3: It's also good to have and know that your uh, the person running the game will not abuse the flaw of that character yeah Yeah, right for sure And, and, and playing with Emily we all know we can give our characters those flaws and know we won't be heavily penalized in the gameplay again back to this advantage that we're getting and once we're used to these tunnels and getting our feet underneath us so just again it's just more more credence to Emily's skills quickly growing skills running the game yeah absolutely couldn't agree more
2: how did you uh create your character andrew like what what led you to choose what you chose
5: so oh man so there was a discussion in a sunday game i was in about the runic knight uh addendum so a, a friend of mine plays a character who is a has a, basically he's a pro wrestler who's a wizard cool the yeah. only reason he's a wizard is so he can like enhance his pro wrestling
4: <laughs> like so like he knows like
5: fly and like enlarge like very s- small things. Okay. And uh and Chesky who DMs uh, Wizards and Lizards said to our friend Tim there is no way in hell I'm ever letting you turn Vacon this character into a runic knight because that would just be a nightmare. And as I looked into what that was, I was like, "Oh, it's like all of these runes, like you could like all of these different effects." And then for some reason like I got it in my head hey, it would be really funny to have a small character who wanted to be really big. Um, and so from there, it was kind of Big Belrick. And then it was a matter of like, just kind of trying to see how I wanted to design a character that was going to be able to do that. Like, and, and, and not, like at one point, it, like it is a one note joke. So it is, you know, funny kind of once, but like, how would I be able to run with it so that it would, so like that he could be, like, actually effective as well. So, um, but yeah, I, I just, I kind of came up with the, like, once I heard about the whole Rune night thing, I was like, so wait, you get big? Mm-hmm. Oh, well, I mean, here's the obvious. How do the Joke runes work?
2: Go. Like, could we, you know what I mean? Like, could you have done something with the ladders with runes?
5: No, ruins. I mean, I, at least not at this level. I haven't looked at the really high level stuff. Um, but you have specific ruins ruins wow i really I, yeah i don't know
2: how to say it just either. like in the
5: podcast ruins yeah. <laughs> ruins that ruin my ruins there are, there are like four or five choices you can make for runes like so and each sort of echoes a uh, a different quote-unquote skill from a giant so like there are a couple that redirect damage or attacks there's uh there's the fire shackles thing there's a couple of interesting things. The uh, uh, What's kind of funny is that the uh, the giant's might, the grow big part of, of Belric, isn't actually as far as I understand in the description, like, based on a rune. You just learned how to do it. Huh. Because you're, you know, you're aping all of these giant things, so you also learned how to get big.
2: So if you were in the fight with Happy Jack at the end, you would have got how big?
5: Uh, I mean, I, could, I think you, let's see... You become large.
3: So I would have become large sized. You could eat some kids and get some. <laughs> yeah, how big is large? 10 by 10. 10 by 10 square on a grid is, is, lar- is a large sized creature.
5: I would say somewhere probably between what eight and nine feet, something like that, maybe. Yeah, I think like, so. Probably sounds because sounds because I right. think uh,
3: <laughs> like four times as tall as <laughs> yeah, that's usually
5: stacking <laughs> stacking a bunch of halflings and that's Nova, right, you're three halflings <laughs> <and> in <trims colors. laughs> I think I think Belric would have probably gotten large and then like stood over the kids after you knocked them out. Dang. Especially once he saw someone get eaten. Okay, again, yeah.
2: after yeah. I knocked them out. Like I'm trying to like <laughs> save them from trauma. I thought
5: it was I thought it was brilliant.
2: <laughs> I mean, I guess this goes into them. my answer. My answer is that Pam is super suited for this thing, but she unknowingly did bad things too. It it
0: actually it wouldn't have changed anything because okay. the kids were crowding around Jack. They were doing that themselves. It wasn't like he was holding them there. They were crowding around him. Well, they didn't him. care. No, they... I mean,
5: they were they were all in on Jack, so him right. eating them would have been like,
0: uh, whatever. Yeah,
2: that's true.
6: I thought it was a good move.
2: I've always wanted to be a ring ding! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime Jack, Jacques, Jacques is in the one shot, Pam is perfectly suited for the one shot. Because <laughs> Pam and Jacques <laughs> are a pair but um They're a pretty good duo <laughs> i mean missing children and stuff on um, as far as like conceptually like that was right up pam's alley as well i do mm-hmm. think like whenever i'm done playing pam i'm like do i come across enough as a bard like i'm not i don't know i don't seem super charismatic i'm not really ever singing i probably should sing more i, I don't know i i do well, i don't feel it depends, super on the, but... depends
5: on what kind of bard you want to play right and and you were throwing bardic inspiration around, yeah. For quite I had a while, vicious too. mockeries yeah. lined up. Vicious Mockeries? like so. You had the good one liners. You had the, but like when I created Pam, quotes. I guess
2: I had a whole list of like '90s pop songs I was gonna quote, and I've like not done done that ever. But I was like trying to be like, because that's when my kids were growing up. So I thought the Spice Girls were super cool. So like, I know all their songs, <laughs> you know. Like anyway, if you wanna be my lover. <laughs> But yeah, uh, that was fun. I, I like playing Pam. I, I would like to resurrect Pyra at some point. Because I like speaking like Pyra.
5: <laughs> do all of your names like have an emphasis on it? So,
2: Pam! Pyra!
4: And then, Pyra. I don't
2: know. is <laughs> an old fire genasi. Yeah. <laughs> Leland, what do you like and not like?
3: Well, I mean, Jacques being a rogue fighter, wizard, ranger, monk, is suited for any situation. So, obviously, he's... Perfect, no matter where you slot him in, and there's nothing that I dislike about Jacques. (laughs) He came in, he did what he does, he whipped. I mean, I crit twice, I think, back to back whip shots in one of the episodes. He came in, he whipped, he conquered, he left feeling pretty good about himself. So (laughs) that's a win.
5: I should introduce uh, Jacques to my friend Tim's uh, wrestling wizard. Yeah,
2: dude.
5: I think they would be awesome. I think they should be a great. They would be a great team. Jacques on
2: the ropes with his whips.
0: (laughs)
3: <laughs>
0: How do you explain little Jacques not having a French accent? Ooh.
3: Well, I mean that's that's again that's that's not s- something that I really we have the time to get into right now. Oh, gosh. Uh, may, maybe one other one one another one shot. That's what you
2: say when you don't have paragraphs of backstory written.
1: <laughs> we don't have time to get into it right now. Is is code for
2: Emily can't do a no French accent. To. <laughs> oh, wait, wait! Can you g- give it a try? Give it a try. Let's go. Nope. <laughs>
3: I'm. I honestly think that Happy Jack is just a future version of Jacques. I think that's what ultimately is is, is the actual answer. Oh gosh. Mm.
2: I okay. No, no. Pam <laughs> doesn't want Pam. No. <laughs> oh gosh! You just have to say everything. Getting higher every time. <laughs> I don't ever want to go to a fun house honestly ever in real life.
1: I'm not sure I've ever liked fun houses to be mm-hmm. honest. I've gone through a few of them and thought to myself, "Uh, this isn't for me." <laughs> Although, I do like um those things that pop up around Halloween.
2: Haunted houses? Yeah, that's the those thing. Things. That's the <laughs> <words>. <laughs> <laughs> <Sorry>. <laughs>
0: That would be fun to do as a one shot at haunted house. Yeah. Oh dude.
3: Yeah. Emily, look into I mean, it. You, you would, could, I mean, be great you could at potentially it. like almost reskin Happy Jack's
2: layout ish,
3: right? Like it would need to be something as massive as that, really. Like
2: right? someone should do a one shot of a haunted house where like you literally don't stop setting off traps and you just let people die. But they can come back as a ghost monster that haunts the other players. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> becoming part of the haunted house
5: i was kind of curious if there was uh some of this that was inspired by it
2: i wonder
0: that too i don't know it didn't say anything
5: which is which is fine i have a whole host of adventures and one shots that i put together that are all inspired inspired all of them are inspired um by various movies specifically horror movies so I'm down with that. I mean, I think I think film and TV and stories like novels are great fodder for turning, you know, a, a little nugget of that into a larger adventure. Um, especially when they're not actually like, oh, I'm just going to redo Lord of the Rings. Like if they're non fantasy related, that's a lot of fun. But I'm yeah. kind of curious.
3: I think it would be fantastic playing a longer form mini campaign in an entire town that's being warped. By Happy Jack, Allah, it—that uh, could be something that's ex- blown up and expanded quite nicely into you know this quiet little town that's being just tormented, or a section of the population only that's being tormented, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. the kids or whatever. Yeah, whatever way you want to take Dude, it. Dude, I'm down tormented to be by in a this horror
2: one shot. Let's do this.
1: There are some really good <laughs> uh, go. kernels of of uh, of narrative and story underpinning this. Uh, this adventure right like I think you yeah, you yeah, really yeah. could ex- expound upon it and we and, have to uh, record
2: it at night by candlelight yeah
3: there you go the <laughs> carnival itself just could have been like one part of that right like this would have been yeah, one right. section yeah, of the town yeah, yeah. right and it you know it could have been the finale to that whole thing maybe <gasps> too right people with, come Anna out of the with haunted
2: the... house changed and different and strange with different <gasps>
5: different accents <laughs> <gasps> that's what happened with Jacques Oh, no! (laughs) It's the accent changing machine. Different ages.
2: They come out of the haunted house, and their age is randomized.
5: Yeah, like, each section of town could be, like, a different
2: horror theme. You go in with a friend, and you come out trapped in a different friend's body. Your personalities are all switched up with your bodies. Freaky Friday. Freaky Friday, and you gotta, like, (laughs) kiss your mom, because you're... Now your dad and
3: ew Jesus! Oh, <laughs> that's oh. a, that, that
5: took it, a to left.
0: Okay. it to me. leave it to Took a hard left. <laughs> so if we don't have anything else constructive to say,
3: <laughs> <laughs> well, with, the to the <laughs> with the new Ravenloft with the new book that came out, you could have a section of the town like Andrew's saying a different type of horror. Like that book has a lot of the different types of horror outlined and how to like build an adventure with them and stuff like that's something you could easily. Do if you yeah. really wanted to. That isn't like Barovia or you know all that shit.
2: Is it like the dream where your teeth keep falling out, but real life? Yeah, that would be. But scary. real
3: life, exactly.
5: All wear hippos all the time.
2: <laughs> yeah, where hippos are roaming free.
5: <laughs> that actually, in 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 retrospect, might have been my favorite thing actual thing in the entire
4: <laughs> the And I Love loved you. it
5: and I had a great time and I thought it was fantastic and I can't thank you guys enough for having me on too but like the wear hippo like now that I know that it was a wear hippo like I thought probably before and now I know for sure I'm like that is brilliant
2: What about <laughs> when Happy Jack went yum <laughs> <laughs> I just want that to be the alert for the incorrigible party when you stream, Emily. Yeah. <laughs> oh my goodness. That would get old quick.
4: <laughs>
2: Eating all our followers. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for coming on. That was really fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's
3: good to have you. Yeah. Yeah, it was great. I think uh, I think guest players on a on one shot is really the way to go. Having uh, having yeah. getting to play with different people on the show, I think.
0: It's a lot easier than trying to fit them into the main story.
1: I haven't not enjoyed any time we've had someone on uh, in the main campaign. It, I think it's always turned out well, but I I appreciate that it's it's very challenging. Um, so I think one shots are a great opportunity to get to play with new people.
5: Yeah, I think it's tough because you you know you don't want to make it mean too much, but also you don't want it to be meaningless. Like you don't want like someone to come in and be a bartender, you right, know. Right. But you also okay. don't want to be like hey, it's the head guard of, you know, this castle. It seems important, and then we never see that person.
2: Listen, again. the guards so, and the that. bartenders alike, NPCs in Aspar are very important, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Some of them. Well, yeah, I Pefe, mean,
1: Bonacor was true. a... Uh, Chucky, was come on. Sort of like, like a bartender, but...
2: Leland did a good
1: job of weaving him into the
0: lore of Aspara.
1: I did not
5: mean to disrespect bartenders. Uh. No, no.
2: (laughs) As long as we can make a 377, that's what's important. 737? 777? 377. I always say the airplane names instead. I'm so confused.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The Boeing 377.
0: So, Andrew, yes, thank you very much for joining us. If you want a pluggy plug. Oh, we're yes. talking plugs
1: now? Where can we find you? Where can we hear you? What do you do?
5: <laughs> what do I do? Nonsense. It's all nonsense. Um, yeah, so I uh, am part of an actual play podcast called Wizards and Lizards. Um, we will be launching our next season in the next week or so. Uh, so probably by the time this comes out, it'll uh, the first episode will be live. And um, we had the fantastic idea of splitting up the party and running in different directions, which... Um, I know you guys are familiar with mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so, uh, so I'm editing that together which has given me a headache which I'm <laughs> sure Lena's <is> familiar with <laughs> so you can find us at wizardsandlizardspodcast.com uh, you can find us on Twitter at wizards underscore lizards uh, Instagram wizardsandlizardspodcast um, and you can find me personally talking all sorts of nerdy nonsense at uh, Andrew underscore Garda G-A-R-D-A and uh i think that's all of us um it, it's fun though it's it's about it's a homebrew world uh as i talked about last time that is um the all information is controlled by the library which is actually more scary than it sounds because it turns out they like to kill people on occasion and uh us in particular so um uh my character's name is gray he is a shifter so he's like kind of turns part wolf and a ranger and he hunts fiends and he's a little full of himself And there's something going on with him he's not quite right and we're gonna delve into that sometime very soon um so that'll be fun and we've got a we've got an air and we've got a a half elf rogue and a combination paladin slash ranger and a very very old bard named (laughs) virgil who um yeah he he and pam would probably get along really well but thanks for having me on this is a blast i love the show uh, so it's really fun to be able to play in your sandbox.
2: And, I'm excited uh, for season two because I want to like have a good starting point to like really. Uh, un- I was listening exactly, to your one yeah. shot and like everyone playing the different characters for me. Like I didn't know who you. You know what I mean? <laughs> like.
5: Yeah, I mean it, it works if you don't know, but it works more if you do. Yeah, know. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
2: that was, and, that was know, interesting. S-
5: and speaking and speaking of like the things you could do with one shots, like that one, like. I just was able to go completely ham. So the, it was <laughs> that's good. <the> nice <laughs> thing about I still websites. really
2: enjoyed it. Yeah.
5: That's good. Yeah. 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 So I will uh, you definitely, you follow me. I will talk about it in my editing process and uh, complaining about Audacity. So.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thanks.
1: Yeah. Thanks, Andrew. This was a, a ton of fun. It was great to get to know you a little bit more. Anytime. And you guys can also always hit me
5: up. And I, and I have threatened uh, John and Emily that I'm going to stop by their house at some point and play all yep. of their games. Yep. You guys don't have to be involved. Like, oh, I'll just be no, in no. your house. But, you know, if, that's If somebody's right. playing
0: games, I'm going to be there. <laughs> there you
5: go. Well, now that I know that, like, uh, the, the some of the Canadian portion of the show is not that far
1: away.
2: We're just a border away, go. though. Is that's the true. It, yeah. yeah true. Right
5: now,
1: that border is tall. Yeah. Hopefully not for too much longer. Well. I've been
3: John and Pippi.
0: I have been Emily I'm and Leland
3: and Steele. No! I played Sean. <laughs> what? What?
0: <No.
3: laughs> well, you're the <laughs> you're at end. You're, you're <laughs> at the end. <laughs> you're at the end. Oh, right.
2: Okay, right. So really, that I was take my cue? spot. Oh, okay. <laughs>
3: Smooth. Wait, as... does this
2: mean I going to say happy adventuring? Though? Wait, wait, wait. Yeah. L- oh w- my w- 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 goodness. Leland. Man,
1: I thought again. I was going
5: to be the one to screw this up. So. <laughs> oh no, no, that's why
6: I to let you go first. Just
2: because I knew who <laughs> okay, okay, let's restart, restart, restart. We know the order now.
3: No, There's no, no restarting. Bill, go. Who's next? Bill. It's usually Elena. me,
2: and I am not Elena. going to okay. go until we restart. No. I've been Bill, and I played Booch. Okay, fine. I'm I'm
0: Elena, and I played Pam. And I'm Emily, and I was the Boss. Yep. Happy adventuring! So when we do those uh, little previews, and we were talking about the pig, my mom, who follows me on Twitter but does not listen to the podcast, messaged me privately and said, Miss Something, where do you keep your pig? You have a pig! (laughs) Yeah.
2: So I had to explain about all that, and she's just like, okay. Remember how I tell you to listen to my podcast, and you always say, uh-huh. It's all right.
5: My mom doesn't listen yeah. either. <laughs> I think that's their job. I, although, I will say, I think my parents actually listened to our podcast briefly, But I could tell the moment that they stopped because they got confused with technology because all of a sudden I would say something and they'd be like, "Uh uh-huh, doing exactly what we were just all talking about doing. (laughs)
4: Yes.
5: (laughs) Mm -hmm. Uh Yeah, it sounds good. I'm like, you're not listening.